An eerie stillness settles in over a landscape tormented by magical warfare. The glimmering green light of the seed shimmers between the trees. Even the ocean has lacerations from the rips which ignore the laws of physics as we know them here in the Overgrown. If you could float in the place where Ari, Sarah, and Ray Ray defeated Goodfellow, you would see the openings of the well, Little St. Anne, and the retreat, and that they have been joined by hundreds of wounds just like them, some of which are spilling out fragments of the world into this empty place. In Gullicochica, the Golden Gull is empty and still. No more wounded warriors. No more Jack or Jill or Crete. No more Seeb, Jordan, or Brittany. A resonant tone rings out in the room from the incision made that broke Merog out of her dreamscape. Out on the island, tattered ruffs and karate belts litter the lawn where soldiers of the wild rest as they had to fight hard to get through the Atlantean and Gullicochican defenders. Trents root down with goblins, having received word that the king and queen have agreed to talk peace with Atlantis. This brings us now to Frank's Thick Slice Pizza, one of two popular pizza shops just around the block from the St. Anne Lighthouse Park. The building is in remarkable shape. When just a few buildings away, structures have been totally razed. This room serves as a time capsule of the town in the simpler time, before Gullicochka knew all of this strangeness. License plates from different time periods, states, and countries join pennants of different college sports teams to cover almost every inch of the walls in patchwork fashion. Long tables fill the center of the room, and around one of them, several people sit, enjoying the most universally praised food, the great equalizer, pizza. At one end, Oberon and Titania, switching between their two forms and flanked by their knights. At the other, the Omni, surrounded by you three, and Johnny Metters, who is dirty with the muck and blood, some of which is his own. Johnny, is is everyone okay? Um, I mean, define everyone. And okay. I mean, Brittany, Seab. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brittany and Seab. Donnie. Well, okay. Um, well, Brittany and Seab are fine. Oh my God. They had to fall back to Atlantis once the wall got breached. It wasn't safe anymore, and the, the Omni and uh some folks from Atlantis uh helped usher everyone back. Everyone that wasn't you know fighting. Donnie's all right. Uh. But he's hurt pretty bad, so he couldn't make it. I know he wanted to be here. He couldn't make it here, but he <laughs> might. He'll probably make it, like, to, back to life. Back to life? I mean, like, like <laughs> he'll make it in the sense that he won't die, hopefully. But I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Sarah's just going to sit back in her chair, wide-eyed. Any sign of Ari? Um, no one's seen him yet that I know of. He'll be here. He'll be here. Ryan's gonna make me cry. He barely said anything. 
I know. I just pictured Ray like 80 years old at a table drinking some <laughs> whiskey and he's just like I did too. Here. I pictured him as Captain America for some reason in the end of fucking Civil War. He's Ray Ray's saving his last dance, Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> is Omni eating pizza? It's a very important question. The Omni is not eating pizza. <laughs> okay. The Omni is a machine. Okay, that that checks out. Are they just listening to our strange conversation? I think so. And and it, the Omni, I don't think has ever had a facial expression that betrays any sort of emotion. But if if it's possible, the Omni looks anxious, even if it's just in a subtle way. Hey, Omni, you got any kind of like box I can put this in to where you can kind of figure it out and everyone else in Atlantis can uh this is the best pizza I've ever had in my life I just I feel like everyone should benefit from it somewhere you and all of Atlantis gets to experience Frank stick slice I'm just trying to figure out how this works Ray Ray that is the kindest sentiment but no I do not have a food hole for which you to insert your thick slice. Thank you, Ray Ray. All right, I just want to make sure. This is also not my thick slice. This is all Frank back there. Hey, Frank. Yeah, when you say that, a large man comes out of the kitchen with more pizzas, and he says, Hey, everybody, I hope that you're comfortable. My name is Thick Rick, the owner of Thick Rick's Thin Slice, which unfortunately will be closed until we can rebuild our collapsed establishment. Thin Frank, my mortal enemy, sadly cannot be here today. <laughs> Due to his fleeing the area like a coward. <laughs> I am sorry that this kitchen is not equipped for making thin slice pizza, and you're having to suffer through... That weird thick dough my colleague is known for. Irregardless, it's time to set our differences aside and talk about how we can end all of this senseless suffering. It's like Rick and I's great-grandfather used to say. Pizza is like sex. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's still pretty good. I think I've lost the plot here a little. But it's time for this hopefully fruitful pizza... Pizza, oh, Peace Summit. You see what I did? <laughs> it's time for this hopefully fruitful Peace Summit to begin. I think we've agreed for the Omni to have the voice wood. Anyone disagree? What the hell have you done with Frank, Rick? I didn't do nothing. He left before the battle. And what do I get? My building's raised to the ground. And Thin Frank, his building's still here. So we're in Thin Frank's building. No, yes. <laughs> no, yes. Can I read this a bad fat, situation? Fat Frank? <laughs> Who is this? They ain't no fat Frank. Frank's <laughs> as thin as the board. <laughs> I'm Thick Rick. Thick Rick, that's what it was. Okay. Ray Ray, if you want to read a bad situation about this, please. Please be my guest. Because <laughs> oh I don't trust this shit. <laughs> uh, that is a nine. Uh, I believe you get to hold one. <laughs> Where the fuck is my thin Frank? <laughs> Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? <laughs> oh my gosh. You see, Thick Rick has his keys on his belt. 
and attached to the key is a separate little fob. And he looks at you and he says, he, see, he sees you eyeing him skeptically. And he says, look, Ray, I know you're with Frank on this one. I know you like the thick pizza. You don't like the thin pizza. And you don't trust me because I make pizza that is very thin. <laughs> but look, though we have this rivalry, we have this thing going on. Doughy. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that one. That one's that's good. That's very funny, Mayrog. Though we have this thing going on, <laughs> this rivalry between us on the commercials on the on the local TV station, uh, we look out for each other and we have a spare key to each other's shop. Although his isn't gonna be all that great anymore because my building's raised to the ground. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I imagine Thin Frank is a big dude, and then Thick Rick is a really big dude. And that's what's funny. <laughs> Which makes it so much more confusing. <laughs> Why would you add another layer to the confusion? It's, it's, a, it's a pizza. Another layer to the pizza. My full name is <laughs> Little Thick Rick. <laughs> My father... <sighs> We should have ended this podcast two episodes ago. My father was my big, father. thick Rick. Uh, all right, Rick, that's fine. Can we get uh, some garlic knots and can I grab a 20-piece wing of the hottest you got? Yeah, of course. Anything. And hey, if anybody, I'm, I'm going to quit interjecting because, you know, I'm just providing the food. But if anybody needs anything... Let old thick Rick know he'll make you up some of this weird thick pizza and I guess some chicken wings and uh, what else? What else you say? Garlic knots? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some of those in the freezer. Yeah, I don't do frozen dough bites. I I make mine fresh every day. But <laughs> what thing Frank does here is not my business. I'm gonna use my last woman with the plan hold to not be here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> No, the Omni. <laughs> once you've all, <laughs> once, once you've all, once the murmurs died down here, the Omni speaks, and they look over to the kitchen where Thick Rick has disappeared, and goes, "Thank you, Thick Rick, Oberon and Titania. As you well know, I am the Omni, which means I represent." and reflect the collective consciousness of the people of Atlantis. I do not rule over them. I take their collective thoughts and feelings, and I determine the conclusion that they would draw together so that we can skip the unnecessary and inflammatory step of arguing sides. I am not capable of subterfuge. Sadly, we hear do not have the luxury of being connected in that way. But I believe that if we did, we would decide to cease this mindless war that threatens to send the wild, overgrown, and Atlantis alike, spilling out into oblivion. I think everyone looks across the table to see how Oberon, who's visible now, is going to respond unless anybody has, wants to interject. Mm -mm. I'm not. I'm not interjecting after the Omni. I'm waiting to see what they say. Oberon begins. I see that this supposedly imminent collapse of order is a major threat 
to this world and yours. But frankly, it doesn't concern the people of the wild. The wild is already fluid. There's no set path or continuity. If the dividers that separate our worlds collapse, it will eventually form together into a jumbled bramble surrounding the sea, just as it is for us now. Many from outside the wild may perish, as many do every time the sun falls and the moon rises. But not the Seely Court. We will remain, and we will rule over and protect our people. His face shifts and his body contorts as his clothes change to floral and spring-like. And Titania says, The Omni has said nothing of their plot to destroy us with their techno-magic that uses no words and mocks the very seed which breathes breath into our lungs. You, the two of you who have been working alongside the disgraced Agent Ari Green, you say that Goodfellow has been manipulating us, and yet you have killed him so that there can be no confession of these crimes. I have been watching the two of you intently, and your thoughts on this interest me greatly. What say you of Atlantis and their violent plots? What say you of Goodfellow and his service of me? I mean, I can't say anything of Goodfellow. Goodfellow's gone. He liked to use this world. He took advantage of it. He thought he could do what he wanted with it. He brought wild magic and wild drugs into this world to try to spread just toxicity. And he thought he wouldn't pay for it. And now he did. Which is a lesson I think y'all can learn, too. We're not your stomping ground. We're not the overgrown. You found the strongest people you could think of, and they couldn't bring us down. And we're still here to listen to you and try to find peace, which I believe makes us bigger people than you are. We all just want to be, and we'll let you be. I've been to the wild. It's a wonderful place. Uh, I mean, a little confusing, and... um Y'all don't know manners that well, but I think we can all learn a lot from each other. And I think we've shown we're not pushovers. Oberon now says, I see your meaning. I hear your words. But you've helped our enemies, and they, I have been told, seek to destroy us. Why else would they develop these? Technologies that mimic our powers. You don't even know them. How do you know what they're using those weapons for? They, they didn't come attack you. <laughs> this is not the first time we've done battle with Atlantis. Yeah. And my point is, it could be the last. I think the Omni speaks up now. Ray, Sarah, thank you. Something, Something you, you may, may not know is... That in the last war, the first war between us and the wild, the one that caused us to have to flee into the cosmos, it was us that took the offensive. I now believe that we were being manipulated by Goodfellow as well. But you should know that. To the Seely Court, 
Oberon and Titania, I would like you to know, though you may not believe me, Atlantis, as Ray Ray just said, simply wants to be. We simply want to exist. We will not ever have the intention of harming your world. It all leads back to Goodfellow. And now he's gone. It doesn't have to be us or them anymore. Do you really want us and Atlantis to keep being your enemy? You know, if there's one thing I've learned within the past year, this is a real big universe. I know that y'all are a whole other world. I've seen Atlantis. There has to be other things out there. Do you really not want us and Atlantis with you when those other things come to pass? Titania takes shape now, and she says, It's not a matter of whether we want you on our side. It's more a matter of can we trust you? Why should we trust you over the words of our faithful agent? Our enforcer, our goblin, Puck, has been our our hand, our actor, the leader, the enforcer of the proclamations of the Fae. He tried to ruin my world. I am here looking for peace. But we can go a different direction. I've already shown you I will win. Titania slumps over and sort of takes the form of Oberon again. This is all your words. From my briefings, the FAE has been fighting against the release of Wild Bites into your world, and we've been doing everything we can to eliminate it as per the proclamations that we have written. And furthermore, your tough thing, it's I appreciate it. It's very entertaining, but... If we resume this war, it does, all evidence does point to the fabric of this world, what we call the overgrown, will collapse. Uh, You can go to war with us if you survive the chaos, but I'm not sure that is a win for you. Are you sure it's a win for you? Well, no, but I'm just, I'm from a, we're here negotiating, and from that standpoint, I'm not seeing a lot behind that. Although I will admit, I saw you fight my champion and my queen's champion, and I don't want to fight you. We don't want to fight. We all just want to be. Fighting is what got us all here in the first place. Sarah and Ray Ray are right. Goodfellow has has been focused on telling all of you the differences between Atlantis and the wild. He wants you to focus on all the things you hate about each other, but think of the good you could do if you put the magic of the wild and the technology of Atlantis together. If you got your greatest minds working on taking care of people, of keeping each other safe. There is nothing that you couldn't do, and there is no threat that you could not overcome. I 
was a tool of Robin Goodfellow. He used me to sow his discourse in the overgrown. He executed my father because my father could see through what he was doing. Don't let his poison continue after his death. You've you've got nothing to lose here and everything to gain. We're not asking you to trust us. Let's just all be. There's going to be hardships. There are people of Atlantis interacting with those of the overgrown and the wild. The customs aren't going to mesh immediately, but they will. We all can just be, but we need to be together. And I know that the FAE has what it takes to keep us all safe. And the Omni can help too. The Omni knows all of Atlantis and feels all of what Atlantis feels. The Omni and the FAE working together, that that's the best outcome for all of us. So Sarah, I, I haven't heard much out of you. Yeah, I'm definitely studying the table here. <laughs> I think I'm trying to read everyone's like body language. Okay. I feel like this is read a bad situation. Why don't we get a plus sharp roll from you? It is a 10. Uh, hold three. Um, okay, what's my best way in, as in to make them trust? Like into the <laughs> Into their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that everything they've said is pointing towards their guy was good fellow, whether or not he was flawed. And so... They want some kind of assurance that they should trust what you're telling them Goodfellow's motives are, as opposed to what Goodfellow told them his motives were before he died. They've been eating the Goodfellow crow all this time, and now you've killed him, and you're asking him to just blatantly believe you. I think that they want some kind of acknowledgement of that leap. Okay. Okay. Um, what's most vulnerable to me? That's an interesting one. I think something else catches your eye. I think you think back, you're going over this conversation. You've been observing the things that are said as they're being said. And you remember something that the Omni said that... It's sad that we don't have the luxury of Oberon and Titania being connected to this Atlantis, you know, thought web. And you think back to this just as you see, uh, just kind of haphazardly placed somewhere off to the side, maybe by one of the Atlanteans with the Omni, a device that has some of those gems like the one that gave Ray Ray his powers. And maybe you even think back to, I don't know, Calliope in some of the downtime over the past week or so, explaining to you that the yellow gem is the one that is all about communication and being connected to these nanobots, to this like larger ethereal connection of 
Atlantis magic. And what is most vulnerable to you? Perhaps if you could find a way to get them connected to this gem, this yellow gem that you just happen to glance at. Maybe that's easier than navigating this conversation. Okay. There's, of course, a leap of faith there, because if you were to go with that plan, you're trusting that they would agree, right, with the consensus that they now are a part of. That's not a guarantee, but Mm -hmm. it's a possible out. It's a possible vulnerability. Okay, what's the biggest threat, just in case? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the biggest threat is that Oberon's not bluffing. They were entertained by this war. It was amusing to them, and they could easily go back to it. And then if the consequence of that is that everything gets jumbled, then uh, he's gaining more subjects, right? So, like, the biggest threat is that Oberon and Titania walk away and continue this war. Look, I know that we're asking a lot here for you all to trust us, but, I mean, would you take someone else's word for it? I mean, William Shakespeare's on our side. He knows Robin Goodfellow was a selfish manipulator. Okay, um... Yes, I suppose it does make sense that Shakespeare has been working with you. That must be how you got rid of Goodfellow. Yes. Sorry we kind of took him from your side, I guess. But he didn't trust Goodfellow either. He knew it was time for him to go. The Chronicler is someone we trust if he is truly working for you. Then we might be able to come to some sort of an agreement. I'm going to look at Marog. Is there any way we can get Billy here? Oh. The Atlanteans are definitely wearing ruffs. Does that... <laughs> it's not the original, but does that do anything? I mean, I can... Oh, where's my voice? Ari? Hello? Oh, Marog? Oh, where's my voice? I need water. <laughs> uh... I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some water. Oh, that was Sprite. Oh, that was Sprite. Oh, yeah, if you're not used to that one, that'll... Oh, that'll it's so bite, bubbly. That'll bite you. <laughs> you know, the combination of the sugar and just how, how carbonated it is, it's just that, that one can surprise you. Yeah, sorry, Frank doesn't believe in water, so all we got Sprite around here. Oh, my fucking God. This fucking <laughs> oh, <guy>. my God. <laughs> we got water down at... Thick Ricks is all I'm saying. If the building was still there, I could get you some water from it, but it ain't. Oh, that's why his pizza's so thick, because he doesn't raise it with water. Wow. He's a Sprite. <laughs> that's disgusting. Oh, shit, you just cracked the code. Hey, I don't care what he's got to do. Frank's going to be pissed. <laughs> I will leave and get big and walk to where Shakespeare is and go pick him up and bring him back. Okay. <laughs> Sure, it's going to take some time. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> you guys chat. <laughs> I really feel like I could have made a phone call about this. Or... Oh, yeah, to Shakespeare's phone. Totally. What's his number again? Do you know it? Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, hold on. Let me 
Hey, hey, Roost. Ray. What's up, Ray? Kind of busy. Ugh. Hey, uh, hey, hey, where's, where's Bill? What's that? Uh, sorry, uh, um. Has Kev eaten? Oh, he's eaten. It sounds like Kev has not eaten. Well, he's been, he can't exactly eat. These vampires were fighting. Ugh. Oh, shit, one's on my back. Get off me, motherfucker! <laughs> Marog's on her way over. Uh, is Bill around? Yeah. All right, I fought him off me. Um, whew. Bill's in the basement with everybody else. He's, uh, he's been, uh, real close to Maeve. I think they're starting to make up. Oh, no, not that Bill. The fancy one. Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants. Shakespeare, man. Come on. Yeah, 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 Shakespeare, yeah. Mr. Fancy Pants, uh, yeah, he's down there. Yeah, what? Uh, All right, well, you should see, uh, you should see Marog here in a minute. Uh, Hey, I'm gonna let you go. Keep up the good fight. Ray will look up at, uh, Oberon, and, (laughs) uh, they'll be, they'll be right back. Marog, you get to the retreat, and you see a large crowd of vampires. What do you do? I step on them. <laughs> Roll kick some ass. Okay. Nine on the dice plus one from Size Shifter is a ten. What's your extra effect? I would like to force them where I want them, which is under my boot. <laughs> okay. And I would like to use the time that I'm holding them under my boot to grab William Shakespeare. Uh, William Shakespeare is in the basement when mm. you're outside. Well, then I will politely knock on the front door with my <laughs> gigantic finger. Okay. Um, so, Merog, your boot, I guess, since you don't really have any weapons, your hand-to-hand does one harm, at least, is fair to say, since you're a big, That's strong what giant. I've been doing, yeah. Um, so you're going to do some some damage here to the vampires that you're stepping on as you lean down to knock on the door <laughs> of the infirmary. Definitely take three harm, because as you feel like claws and teeth dig into your foot. And uh, let's see, you knock on the front door of the infirmary, and the gators and crocs begin to look at you skeptically as they are there um, to defend this building that you're knocking on. I don't think, well, they've, they've seen Merog before. I've been in the infirmary many times. I don't, I mean, I think that everyone that's in the basement is like in the basement for protection. I don't think that knocking, it's probably sounds to them like something is attacking the building. Uh, so I don't think anyone would come out. William, it's me, Marog. I need your help, please. I'm bellowing. I'm a giant, and I'm bellowing. Sure, sure. I can get you there safe. Let's get a use magic from you. I feel like you're trying to do something beyond human limitations by being loud enough for them to hear you. Eight on the dice plus three is 11. Okay. Then yeah, your magic works. I think that uh, there is a hesitation, but eventually, good old Billy Shakes comes to the door and he looks annoyed. <laughs> uh, hello. Get in my head. We have to go. I'm terribly engrossed in no my work right now. What what is it that you need? 
um, there is a pizza party and your attendance is required. <laughs> I said pizza party. I meant peace talk. I do like pizza. Wait, is there not pizza? There is also pizza. Please get in my hand and I will bring you there. I won't throw you, I promise. <sighs> I will carry you okay. gingerly and gently. Uh, yes, don't, no, do not throw me. I, I, I specifically forbid throw that. William Shakespeare. Okay, all right. I carefully hold Shakespeare in my closed hand and take him to Thick Rick's Thin Slice or Thin something, 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 whatever it's called. The pizza it's, place. It's Frank's Thick Slice. Uh, Marog, let's get one more roll uh, for you as vampires try to swarm you as you get out of here. Uh, maybe, I guess you can just act under pressure here, which, yes, is due to a monster or dozens of monsters. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. I rolled snake eyes. Ooh. Oh, wait, no, you gave you gave me a luck, and this feels important. I'm going to use my one of my two luck points. Barb is strewn about the floor. Her guts oh, and viscera no. are spread <laughs> on the am, bushes. That's weird that that that's happened. Did I step on her? <laughs> that's not a cool Yes, joke, you stepped on her trying to get away from the vampires. It's all your fault. Uh, yeah, so you get... <laughs> So you Thanks. get out of there just fine. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah, you get out of there, no problem. No issues. No dead fish. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Is that a saying? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know what they say, no dead fish. Uh, I'm crying. Back at Thin Frank's Thick Slice. No, it's called Frank's Thin Slice. Yep. No, it's called Frank's it's Thick called Slice. It's called Frank's <laughs> Thick Slice. But he's known oh, as no. Thin Frank because his enemy is Thick Rick, who owns Thick Rick's Thin Slice. This is going to be the most confusing Wikipedia page ever. <laughs> it's not that confusing. Hey, man, I kept it simple. It's Frank's Thick Slice Pizza. <laughs> Back at the pizza shop. There it is. There's a lot we have to offer. I think I've already shown that. I don't have shit to prove to y'all anymore. Ray Ray, why don't you roll manipulate someone? Can I borrow fervor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been playing the tough the tough game. Yeah, yeah, I'll allow that. That sounds good. <laughs> right. Nice. That's a ten. I think that Oberon leans back. And as he does, he turns into Titania, and she puts a thoughtful uh, forefinger to her chin. Well, you've made a pretty compelling case here. Let's just, let's see what Shakespeare has to say. Yeah. Is Mera going to be back soon? I can't, I simply can't take much more of this. I sure hope so. I also hope so. At this point, Mera gets back with... Billy Shaky, Billy Sharts, Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> Billy Sharts. <laughs> William Shakespeare. Yeah, you want the fate of the world to be up to this guy? He won't stop shitting himself, so. <laughs> That's not true. That's not canon. <laughs> yes, I will shrink down to human size. So Shakespeare walks into the room, and I think that Titania looks a uh, I mean, she doesn't show a lot of expressions, but she looks a little bit surprised here. Maybe she was thinking y'all were trying some shenanigans, but 
but Shakespeare walks in and he bows very low to the ground. Greetings, my queen and king, the Seely Court. I apologize if I'm speaking out of turn, but you know my position as well as any. Born was I to the overgrown, but I have lived longer as a creature among the fae. Tis true what they say. I have joined their side to conspire against Goodfellow, and you as well, if you should fail to see their hearts in earnest. In my time here I have grown to know Calliope from Atlantis. I can speak to her character. The honeyed words of these heroes taste just as sweet as they sound. I have been watching everything, and you know I have my ways. A jealous sort are the fae. But it's time you set aside that notion and assess your intent. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Thank you. And he bows again. Um, I don't know exactly what he just said, but, um, if anyone's got a problem with that, you gotta deal with me. God damn it. Calm it down. I see you, all of you. I see that you are good people. And I trust the words of the bard. While Oberon and I have different values than you, we do generally intend to do what is best for both us and those beyond the wild. That is why we constructed the proclamations of the Fae. It was in the interest of protecting both our people and yours. I see now that we were wrong, trusting Robin Goodfellow to see past his obsession with chaos. We let him bend our will in heinous action. I am sorry for the pain we have caused. What are the terms for our surrender? My queen, you can't just offer them- Silence! What are the terms for our surrender? Um, I mean, nothing, man. Can we just kind of, can we just be? Yes, um, uh, well, yeah, yes. <laughs> we got the whole just be thing. I've listened to the Beatles before. Let's let it be. <laughs> <laughs> Titania offers very little resistance as you work out the details of this Treaty of Many Wilds. When the work is done... They gather their many soldiers and return through the passages. The vampires of Tallahassee flee as the morning comes, and Peg immediately begins preparing for a celebration at the retreat. Everybody who is well enough to walk is there. Poole sits in the lake out back with a vacant look, splashing in the water, watching Alma ride on her mother's back with glee. Bill and Maeve are standing close together, they talk quietly while their kids play with the snipes. Maeve rests her head on his shoulder and smiles. Calliope, Rooster, Jordan, and Johnny are all grouped up drinking and laughing together, swapping stories about the previous night's battle. Everyone is dog-tired, but they're happy. And it's a sight to see. Ray, Sarah, Marog, how are you enjoying this party? I think Sarah immediately looks around and tries to find Seeb. Oh. 
Seeb's probably somewhere off by himself. So you find him leaning against a railing and kind of looking off into the forest, into the woods. Oh, hey, Sarah. Hey, Seeb. You guys having a good time? I, I mean, yeah, it's over. But have, have you seen Ari? <sighs> no. He's not coming back, is he? I don't know. For once, I don't know. I think I'm just going to hug Seeb. He hugs you back. Sarah's crying, for sure. Um, look, Sarah, th- I appreciate you coming over here, but you should go back back to the party. I'm going to, I'd like to be alone for a little bit. Hey, Seeb, I, I know that we've had our differences in the past, but I'm here for you if you need me. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And I guess I will go back to Ray. <laughs> what is Ray up to? First of all, is he in his croc form or his human form? Uh, I think I'm in my human form, and I think I'm literally just sitting on the couch in the basement. Oh, wow. Um, Are you alone, or is there anyone down there with you? I guess that's a you question. But Ray's in a really weird headspace so he's kind of just like i think he also is starting to understand that ari's not coming back yeah and i think he's just sitting in the basement on the couch not playing switch just kind of sitting down i think i'm just reflecting yeah down there yeah then i think i mean if you're looking for somewhere to be alone i think most everyone else is kind of unwinding so um, that's fine. Yes, Sarah. I think you look for Ray Ray for a while and you are probably drawn into a couple of conversations along the way of people wanting to, you know, thank you and congratulate you and celebrate with you. But yeah, I think you eventually find Ray Ray uh, sitting solitarily down in the basement of the infirmary. I am holding a frame picture of Ari, Loretta, and Iggy. Just sitting on the couch, kind of looking at it. Ray, you, you're sitting in the dark. He ain't coming back, is he? Hmm. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm gonna sit down next to Ray. I hope he knows how much good he did, and how proud I am of him. He he knows, Ray. And I'm proud of you, too. I mean, I know it was hard to kill Genevieve. (sighs) That's what kind of scares me, Sarah. It wasn't hard at all. She's ruined me for long enough. It doesn't mean you're like her. I know she said all that, but... Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's still tough. For what it's worth, you're the most mundane monster I've ever met. Well, I think that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Thanks, Miss Sarah. (laughs) Do you want to go have a drink? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. I think we're going to be all right. 
What about you? I hope so. Merog, what are you up to right now in this party? Shots, shots, shots. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of Merog <laughs> just fucking throwing down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Merog would be too completely comfortable with the overgrown denizens. I am uh, beer in hand, tie on my suit loosened. Just got to take the muddy steps down to the wild side of the retreat. So you're in the back part of the retreat by the lake, probably, I think is where all the the all the creatures of the wild side of the retreat are hanging out. You see that scene I described before of uh, a weirdly enthusiastic Alma riding on Alti's back as they kind of splash in and out of the lake. I think I am a, a little smaller than a typical human even at this point not even meaning to be and i'm just gonna sit at the edge of the lake and just sort of assess all these beings here all these creatures i know there are i can see some denizens of the wild some denizens of the overgrown and they're together they're not fighting they're living happily together and it's all just kind of a microchasm of everything that she and Ari and all of these people have worked to accomplish is peace between the wild and the overgrown and everyone else she's just gonna drink her beer and take that in Marog why the long face what you doing over here (laughs) I don't know why that is so funny Why are you so blue? (laughs) Oh, God, that's what I should have said. I'm so foolish. Uh, Hey, Bob. I'm just kind of taking it all in, you know. We got to win today. It is pretty funny that that's pool up there in Alma's body riding on Alti. (laughs) I... I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, A few days ago, I would have collected all of these wild denizens and taken them back through a passage. I I guess that's done now. We're all going to live in peace with open doors. It's just, it's jarring. Look, Marok, look at me. It's hard not to. (laughs) It just ain't as simple as as they belong over there and 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 they belong over here. I'm from the overgrown, but I don't look like anybody in this place. Not anymore. I I know you're right, Barb. It's just going to take some getting used to. Why don't you just? Put all that off for a bit and have a good time like everybody else. We won. No, um, you're, you're right, Barb. I, is it okay if I stay down here with all of you? They all still kind of look at me like a big blue giant up there. Of course, honey. I think Poole, who has inched their way over to you, looks up at you and goes... 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does anybody have anything else before we end this party scene? Oh, I think I find Brittany. Uh, yeah, you find Brittany, no problem. I think she's in the the place where all the paths come together, where people tend to congregate in these party kind of situations. And she says, uh, oh, hey, there you are. I'm going to immediately hug her. Hey, um, <laughs> are, are you, are you okay? I, I'm not okay. Okay, um. I'll be fine. What do you need? What can I, what, what can I do for you? Ari's not coming back, and I also lost my buckler, and I'm just a little emotional about it. <laughs> I think she hugs you tighter, and she kind of, like, pats the back of your head. <laughs> and she says, Sarah's gonna be okay. I'm so glad you're here. I think at the end of the night, when the party dies down and folks begin to trickle home, Peg gathers you together, probably in the office. She comes out of a back room with a cake box. Hey, everyone. Um, thank you for coming out tonight. I know you're all tired. Before you go, we should eat this together. After all that's happened, you might might not even realize what day it is, but I made it just in case he shows up. And she opens the box, and it's a delicious-looking apple spice cake that says, Happy Birthday, Ari. Is it Halloween? Yeah, it's Halloween, and oh. yeah, the Halloween party got canceled because of the end of the world. You realize that's why Peg insisted on having the party this soon after the battle ended. The Florida man is the first one to get a slice of cake. <laughs> Well, if you're not going to dig in. <laughs> Peg, that is that is just so sweet of you. I know he, he'd appreciate it. It's the least I could do, Sarah. Yeah. Well, I think Ari did what he had to do. I think I'm going to hold up my beer. Can we get a, a cheers to Ari? To Ari. Hello and welcome to the Shrimp and Crits Season 1 finale. I know I thank you for listening every single time, and it's because I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to share this story with you. I want to give a quick shout-out to my cast. Ryan, Katie, Cap, it has been a pleasure and an honor working with you. This season is an incredible creative achievement for all of us. The stories that each of you have told with these three characters have truly blown me away, and it's been so much fun. Thank you for coming along this ride with me. I want to remind you to send us your Q&A questions. We're going to be doing a Q&A episode next. We really look forward to answering your questions, so if you 
I don't know, remember something from episode 16 that you're like, hey, I thought that was going to come back. And what happened with that? Or, you know, if you have a question about how the finale shook out, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts and to answer your questions. We've already gotten a lot of questions. We'll be giving something away to enter. Just submit a question. That's all you got to do. We'll also be announcing what we're going to be doing moving forward, and we're really looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, there you go. No new patrons this week, but I do want to say that now that I've completed the finale, I will be working on another Barb's Bloopers. Cap has also recorded another ASMR, which I will get to editing. And also we're going to continue recording Tallahassee Nights pretty soon, which is a Patreon-exclusive show. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Shrimp and Crits. If you haven't already, please rate and review us or follow or subscribe, whatever your podcatcher allows. We are a bi-weekly show on Mondays. Our next episode, the Q&A, will be out May 8th. And with that, we're going to get to the epilogue, and we're going to find out a little bit about what these hunters' lives are going to look like after the events of this season. of the next year, Merog is appointed as the new leader of the FAE and is able to tear it down in order to rebuild the agency her father envisioned. Their first mission, as agreed upon in the Treaty of Many Wilds, is to close up the excess passages opened in recent events and monitor the healing process of the fissures caused by the battle. A facility is built called the Branch, where folks can apply for an exchange program wherein denizens of the wild and overgrown can come to understand each other's worlds in a controlled and safe way. Gullicochica experiences rapid growth in this time, as with the help of Atlantis, it quickly becomes the technological capital of the world. Centered around the gate to Atlantis, the town of Calliope is built, which features a fantastical fusion of Atlantean and Gulf Coast culture. Downtown Gullicochica, St. Anne Island, and Tate's Hell are left unchanged and legally preserved in their entirety as historic districts, while Hickory Point and the St. Anne Bridge are redeveloped into a beautiful, sprawling memorial park dedicated to those who perished in the War of the Wilds. By the Golden Gull stands a brand new, magical lighthouse gifted by the Seely and Unseely Courts of the Fae. Its look and function both inside and out, change throughout the year to reflect the season. In the lawn out front is a proudly built statue of the three heroes of Gullicochica, whose brave spirits and unique methods were able to bring peace, unity, and honesty to these warring worlds. The placard reads, Ray Ray LaRue, protector and advocate of all that are perceived as monstrous. Sarah Payne, Fierce warrior of the common human person, and Ari Green, the lost soul who never returned. Shakespeare writes a story that he dubs The Chronicle of the Forgotten Coast. It becomes a New York Times bestseller, gets a Broadway adaptation, and a film deal 
as the people of the world strive to understand why this nearly earth-shattering event happened in such a small and isolated place. Which brings me to the surviving heroes, Sarah and Ray. Let's start with Sarah. What's life like one year from saving the world? You expect me to go after you just fucking broke my heart? The lost soul that never returned? Okay, <laughs> cool, man. Just think about the cool lighthouse. It helps. <laughs> okay. Um, Sarah has decided to move up to Tallahassee to try to right some wrongs that we may or may not have made worse earlier in this season <laughs> she is trying to basically revamp the ah. order of the court's cross get it revamp <laughs> don't you mean devamp <laughs> with our new old headquarters we're gonna use the the same the hq that azolda turned us on to but we are no longer the order of the court's cross Ooh, what's it called it is the order of hope Ooh, in honor of my buckler that you murdered <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> r.i.p buckler yeah that was our biggest loss of this whole season for sure yep forget yeah, ari yeah. i did like earlier that you're like i am sad about ari also i'm mostly sad about my <laughs> I, just, I was just expressing all the emotions i was going through okay of course of course any familiar you said we any familiar mm -hmm. faces did you bring Brittany with you who's who's in your new monster hunting squad um so johnny metters definitely and I would like to think that a couple meddlers came as well. Possibly even Jordan. I assume Jordan would follow Johnny. Oh, that's a good question. That's Cause, awesome. Because Jordan would have a tough time giving up. He really, Jordan loves bartending at the back bar. The <laughs> he really ball. does. I don't want to split them up, though. I feel bad. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think Jordan would have begrudgingly followed Johnny up to Tallahassee, I I don't think he would join the monster hunting crew, but he would come to Tallahassee so that they could still be together. He just commutes. I mean, it's only an hour away. Yeah. It's not that far. Yeah, that's true, too. And I think much to Sarah's dismay, at least at first, yes, Brittany has joined her and she has been training her. Ooh, combat medic. <laughs> to be... A vampire killer. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> <laughs> I have one request. I don't want mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to play this scene out, but I was thinking that to complete his redemption arc, Greg has been working on himself and he comes to you and promises you he will do his best to not be a weirdo and to learn the ways of monster hunting and be one of your soldiers. Uh, yeah, as long as he's not a fucking wimp and leaves children in a burning lighthouse, I guess he's okay. Yeah, he specifically wants to make up for that exact thing. Okay, cool. Heh. I just want to hunt vampires. Heh. He's surprisingly good at it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Any 
honorable mentions? Um, any new characters? Any original ca- characters? Like uh, Donkey Joe, you know? <laughs> Actually, speaking of Donkey, do you think Donnie would help? <laughs> nah, he's got a family. I've been going back and forth on Donnie. I don't know if he would go back to being the sheriff or if he would run for mayor. I definitely think Donnie is not mayor, leaving Ellicott. Mayor. Okay. I definitely think that Bill Segura came. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I love that. My best friend, Bill. He's also, you know, trying to right some wrongs. Cool. Well, let's do a little scene. Uh, I want to do a scene. I have a scene idea. Are you game? Do I get to roll? You might get to roll. Do I win? Do I roll? Do I win? What do I win? (laughs) Sarah, you're running through the woods of Falls Chase. Oh, shit. You can hear your knights clashing with the creatures of the night all around you. No singular vampire has been able to fill the rather large power vacuum left behind by the succession of Knox and Count Payne. But Davin Gerber has been growing dangerously powerful, and you finally tracked him down. There, up a crumbling street, he's sprinting at you, fangs out with preternatural speed. What do you do? I guess... I, I mean, I just, in my head, I see us, like, jumping at each other, and I have, like, a giant fucking wooden stake in my hand. Okay. Roll kick some ass. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't die in an epilogue, right? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's 11 on the dice. Oh, plus, yeah. Plus one. It's a 12. All right. What's your extra effect? Yes, you force them where you want them. Where do you want it? So what I'm pushing him towards is like my group of fighters behind him. The Philly special. And they're all behind him, ready to go with stakes. And I am trying to push him towards them. <laughs> this is a teachable moment. <laughs> uh, cool. Then, yeah, you stake him. You miss his heart, uh, but you stake him in the shoulder and it does quite a bit of damage to him and you are able to dance him into the middle of your knights who were hidden and ready to fight. He looks around and he he fights with some of them and you're, they fought fights before, but you're impressed with what they're able to do with how far, you reflect upon how far your soldiers have come. And then Davin Gerber explodes into a cloud of bats and they all fly off into the woods. You look around to figure out where he went, but the bats all scattered off in a hundred different directions, and you, for a moment, think you may have lost him. And then you see in the trees a small green light. Oh, fuck. I am immediately distracted by this little green light. I guess I'm going to go towards it. Uh, Yeah, you eventually meet up with a small green moat of flame. Ari? They ring out at you, and you understand them in a way that you never understood, Ignis. In the way that Ari understood Ignis. Your name is Sam? No questions asked. I'm, I'm going to follow them. What could go wrong? Your new companion flies into your flashlight and the light from it becomes green and you run off after your quarry. So, Ray Ray, how about you? 
What's life like for you one year later? Um, yeah, honestly, I think it's pretty relaxed. Like, I think I'm I'm living a pretty chill life these days. Uh, well, honestly, for a lot of my stuff, what is Marog doing? Uh, Marog's pretty busy. She is the head of the FAE now. Okay. So she's like uh, good. She is essentially she's like what Goodfellow was. Yeah. But not to say that she wouldn't visit. Uh, I I have a question. Is uh, is Gale around? Would you have called Gale after the after the war after the battle? Uh, well, you know, Ray calls Gale like once a week. Yeah. So that's not really a question for me. Um, but I also just. Yeah, I don't know. Gale was always Ray's like she was uh, a really good childhood friend, but she's doing great things out in Tampa. So I can't imagine she'd come back to Golokochka. Yeah, then I think let me put it this way. Gale calls you, Ray. Oh, hey, Galebird. What you doing? Hi, Ray. Hey. Ray, Ray, how you doing? Well, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> loaded question, but I got, I'm you know I'm good. I'm uh, I'm keeping keeping everything going. Um, hell, you know what I do? Uh, how, how are you doing? You know, big city girl. Well, won't be long till you'll be living in the bigger city than me. In, in fact, that's kind of why I'm calling. What you mean? Well, they're um. They're redeveloping Pickett. It's going to be like a new downtown Golokochika, like high-rises, maybe even a skyscraper or two. And I got a real good job offer, Ray. I'm, I'm thinking about moving back up there. We could be close to Mom, and I don't know. I wanted to see what you'd think. No kidding, huh? Yeah. You're the city boy now, Ray Ray. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that, but, um... I mean, you know, Galebird, I, uh, you know, we miss you here, but you need to make sure it's, I mean, hell, out in Tampa, I, I don't want you to leave a, a good life, you know, like, like leave, leave what you got over there. But dang, it'd be, it'd be cool to have you around if you got opportunity over here. Ray, Ray, I'm. Best life I can imagine is up there close to my family and close to you. I miss you, Ray. <laughs> I miss you too, Gilbert. Um, Plus, since Tom Brady didn't really pan out this past year, he retired earlier than everyone thought he would. Yeah, I don't know what was up with all of that. Uh, hey, Gail, just do what you think you need to do. I miss the hell out of you, but you've got the world to you, you know? Do what you think's right. Thanks, Ray. You're sweet. But you know where I am when you come back. Yeah. All right, well, I, I gotta go. I just, you know, I'll talk to you soon. I'll let you know what I'm doing. I'll see you soon, Gail Bird. Later, Ray Ray. And she hangs up the phone. I think when she called, you were on your way to Peg's office. Peg wanted to speak with you. She says, um, hey, Ray, come on in. Oh, hey, Peg. 
Yeah, um, Ash should come up here because, uh, I've been thinking. When you signed the retreat over to me, you did the right thing, right? Not just because it helped you beat Genevieve, but, you know, I, I was, I was right for the job, and I'm not, I'm not giving it back to you. I'm not signing it back over to you, but, but kind of, I know you're not a, you ain't no kid anymore. I think you know what I mean when I say you've grown a lot over the past year, couple years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I have too, Peg. And, um, that's, that's why I, that's why I wanted to sign the retreat over to you. Yeah, but I want to keep taking care of the LaRue wildlife retreat of what your mama built. I, I understand it. I know it. I love it. It's it's all I've ever dreamed of. But what you're doing out there on the other half of the property, that's, that's you, Ray. That's uniquely you. It's amazing. And Loretta is so proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm signing over half of our land to you. From your house to the lake, that's all you. Call it what you like. Develop it. It's yours. Well, dang. Um, thank you, Peg. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm just... I mean, you've met them all. I, and I'm, I'm one of them. I just want somewhere that people like us can be. I just feel like everyone should have a place that they can just be. Just like that Beatles song. <laughs> well, what do you say? Business partners? She holds out her hand to shake yours. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> and I'll give her a hug. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Now, listeners, I'm sure there's a lot of other characters you'd like to hear about. For the most part, I'll leave you to speculate on how their stories might continue. But there is one person I'd like to check in on. A clear, pastel purple sky stretches wide over some farmland cut out of a thick tree line. An old farmhouse sags in the corners towards the ground. Inside... Seeb sits in his armchair after a long day of tending to his stock. Solemnly, he scribbles in a notebook. Poetry is his new hobby. Though he doesn't really think it's all that good, he enjoys it. And it passes the time. Suddenly, Major perks up, and a glint of hope is visible in the old man's eye for just the briefest instant. Major ain't nobody there. The dog slumps back down and sighs as Seeb goes back to his writing. Ari, the last thing you remember is flying into a celestial body of pure magic. You remember the temptations to use this newfound power to carry out Goodfellow's plan. You remember giving it up to save them all. But you also remember many other things that had been taken from you. Not even William Shakespeare fully understands how the magic of the Chronicled works. But when he wrote the story of Gullicochica, he took particular care to not mention anything definitive about your death. And now his wildest dream is true. Before you know it, Ari, 
You're looking in the screen door at Major, who has just perked up again. You see Sieb with his face buried in his notebook, calling Major's bluff until the dog lets out a long whine. When Sieb sees you, tears stream instantly down from his eyes, and he stares with slack-jawed disbelief. Hello, Sieb. Our story isn't over yet. In fact, I, I think it's just beginning. The Chronicle of the Forgotten Coast. A tale of memories lost and family found. We could forever dwell upon our ghosts when mirth and joy and laughter rings abound. This summer, past gave birth to heroes three. The stories of their foes have been unspun. Sacrifices are sunk stones in history. Prices paid for victories we have won. Look back to learn the thing that you must do. Confront the chains that hold you in the past. This world has burned in search of deeper truth that we must learn if justice is to last. When the bard sings anew, he casts a spell. Now celebrate, for all's well that ends well.
Chronicle, the Chronicle of the Forgotten Coast. A tale of memories lost and family found. Is somebody talking right now? It sounded like you said toast. You said toast. I will kill all of you. You said toast. Coast. Oh, I I heard toast too. I'm sorry. Oh, I heard toes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm muting. I'm sorry. Okay, all right, fuck it. The Chronicle of the Forgotten Toast. They left it in the oven and it burned. <laughs> the end. God damn it.